What up, though? It's your boy, Big Money Broner, a.k.a. the Seven Mile Destroyer, Isaiah Broner. You're now listening to Wrestling Tears. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when it's your birthday weekend. This is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We review shows, we preview shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's We Had a Few Hits a Few Years Ago. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless This Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is a review for... We had a few hits a few years ago. Already introduced myself, and uh, we have back once again this week, Charlie Butters. I don't know how I got here, but it feels like a punishment that you have brought me back <laughs> again to put me on this show. To be to be fair, you accepted to do this like a month ago. That's true. I did. Like you were scheduled for this episode before you were last week's episode. Yeah, that's true. Only so that we could talk about the curse and how it was broken. We did. We didn't know. We actually had it. We will. We can. We can get into that here shortly. But there was also the fact of uh, you almost had a scare where uh, it almost lived. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to the curse. And we have none other than Jay Gold because you know let's let's end the year with uh, the same two people reviewing shows that we did earlier in the year. Probably like the biggest uh, combo here on the show of us three. All year is uh, so we got yeah we got Jay Gold. It's not confidence. It's all ego. It's not confidence. It's all ass face. Jay Gold. <laughs> I don't know. Is it all ass face with him? Like, or is it like 50, 50, 75, There's not. There, there's not that much ass face. There's a, there's much less ass face and much more confidence. Thank you. <laughs> so we had we had this show this past weekend and uh, Butters you. Much like Joe Sposo didn't realize this was a Home Alone reference. So I knew it was referencing something because obviously like the show names usually reference something and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So I asked in the discord and Dom told me what it was. And as soon as he said what, like what scene I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I remember that now, but yeah, it didn't come to me right away. It's not like the most popular scene in that film. So I mean, it's not the most popular scene, but if you're looking at the flyer, you at least get the, the Home Alone reference because it's the home is in the middle. I think that was, I don't know. I just remember that I didn't, I don't know. I just remember when we were told the name, like, I don't remember specifics. I, rem- I don't know what the first design was or whatever that we saw from it. It would have to be the graphic with Ethan Page on it. I feel I like, I, yeah. 
and I, I, I'm pretty sure it had the Home Alone home there on it. I mean, it, it, I will give it credit. It's not the, the most famous scene in the movie, and I'm still waiting for like a Jingle All the Way theme or a Christmas Story because this is the third Home Alone reference for a December show. Butters if they do a jingle all the way one, we got to have uh, Filthy Tom dress up as Turbo Man. <laughs> uh, we can get a lot of people, I think, to be Turbo Man, but I f- Filthy might be the, the number one candidate for you. Butters, who, what are the other two AIW shows that were named after Home Alone movies or Home, home Alone uh, references? I think one was Keep the Change of Filthy Animals, I think. Correct. And I don't, I don't know what the other one was. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Wet bandits yeah okay that makes sense i think wet bandits is forgotten about because i'm i'm pretty sure that was a men on the lake show oh i was gonna ask if that was a winchester show no though i'm i'm fairly certain that was a men on the lake show i'm more uh preferential to the sticky bandits myself so (laughs) i like them both i i like the wet bandits better i like angels with filthy souls you know, it took me it took me a really long time to know that that was not a real movie. What do you what do you mean it's not a real movie? I have the VHS in my living room. <laughs> I, I I can honestly say it, it what whichever I only found out that little nugget in the last probably 5 years of my life. Does that does that film star Riley Rose and Lee Johnson? <laughs> no, I have I have Angel I have that movie Angels with Filthy Souls. In my living room, I just got it in like last week. VHS, VHS, Angels in the Outfield. That's what you're thinking of. Oh no, it's I have Angels with Filthy Souls. I, I forgot I have not posted this on a on a public forum. I just well, it's they're public, but just more like private Facebook groups. But no, I legitimately bought a VHS for that movie. What's on it? I don't know. I haven't put it in yet. Ah, okay. But if you were to look at the slipcover for the VHS, there are a ton of Home Alone references and Easter eggs. I just sent it to both of you and you'll see it like the VHS is fairly screen accurate. And then everything like little jokes are on there. Oh, that's very cool. Actually, the uh, Wet Bandits Pictures presents Angels with Filthy Souls. Yeah, that's very cool. Speaking of the VHS, I have I got my hands on the final Derek Dillinger uh, VHS tape this weekend. So that goes one of, like, one of four, right? I think it's one of four. Yep. Okay, I was I wasn't sure if it was one or four, or one of five, and like us three have have one. And I think it was Derek has the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's holding it for himself. Well, before we get into the show, uh, what merch did you guys buy? What meet and greets did you do? Anything like that? It seems like we've all we all spent money at the show. Let's... Hh yeah, I got I I, uh, I I got I spent all my time with at Derek's because I there was several things that I wanted. Um, I got the VHS. I got the new Derek shirt, the Raven with the Ziggy uh, uh, cartoon shirt. Um, I got the uh, Night of Injustice uh, one of five poster, and from the AIW merch stand, I picked up uh, the one the the one I really wanted was the autographed Ace Degenerates uh uh match poster uh from the show at the Winchester. So I went home with uh, a handful of of cool stuff um that day, which was great. I did the uh meet and greet with Ethan Page and got a uh, autographed eight by ten and a photo. 
And then I too spent a bunch of money at Derek's table. I got the uh, Night of Injustice, four out of five of the prints. And then I also grabbed a Ace Degenerates autographed poster. Sadly. Now my my Night of Injustice poster, I had Fonzie sign it and I had Ziggy sign it along with Derek. So I just need Justice to sign it. Uh, I believe the other people that got their hands on them did only had Derek sign it. So, As I said, I had no time to get Ziggy and Fonzie to sign that poster. It was the end of the night. I left it until the very end because I didn't want to be watching it all night. I, I didn't get mine until the end of the night. And then Ziggy came up and signed it. And I turned around and there was Fonzie and he signed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a party to go to, Butters. And I, uh, I, I was only there for Derek's signature anyway. And I got it. And maybe one day I'll get... When my best, my new best friend, referee Bill Alfonso, comes to New York, maybe I'll have him sign it that day. <laughs> Could have had him sign it at the party. That's right. But you know what? I was drinking, and I was protecting it like it was a baby cub, and I didn't want anybody to squish it or bend it. So I didn't have time or a marker for Bill Alfonso to whip out a marker at Dive Bar and have him sign it. Yeah, what kind of random person would do that? You're just unprepared. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Uh, Justin, I see what you did there. Butters, talk about your, the breaking of the curse and what I hinted at earlier. So we, that actually gets tied up of you almost let the curse live. Okay. So there was a running gag with uh, you and I, that, uh, there was a curse that I could not see Ethan page at AIW because once I started coming to shows again and I was going to them every single month, Ethan page, all of a sudden was just not on them. And then the one time he was on a show was a Thursday when I couldn't go. So that's where it was kind of born. And um, then when they did the Indianapolis shows and he was going to be on those, I wasn't able to make the first one because I was sick. Well, I had a health scare and I just thought it played it safe and stayed home. Uh, the second time at the collective, uh, my buddy's car broke down, so he couldn't come get me. So I didn't really have a ride there and I wasn't going to drive by myself all the way to Indianapolis. So that stopped me from seeing him both times at AIW as the karate man. So I was like, well, you know, like, and we, I think we joked about it on Twitter at the time and he caught wind of it and DM'd me and we talked about it and he's like, oh, you know, we'll see each other again. And I was like, I've, we've seen each other a bunch of times at black label pro, but it's just the AIW curse of not seeing him there. So after all this time, he's going to be at AIW. Uh, we get to this week and like Wednesday, I start feeling, or Tuesday, I start feeling sick. Wednesday, I had a fever. I'm like, oh, I got COVID. I'm not going to be able to go to the show. Of course, the curse is going to live on. Luckily, though, my test came back negative. It was just like, I don't know, a, a day flu or something because uh, I've felt fine since. And uh, got to meet him at the show, tell him the story about that. And then, uh, yeah, so curse is now lifted. As for me, uh, unfortunately, I did not spend any money at Derek's table. I think he was trying to push something on me, but I kind of had an agenda of things that I, I needed to buy and pay for. First thing was first, actually, before the show, a couple of, uh, at least a few days before the show, Swaggle was promoting his website and like, he was making deals or something or, or something like long line. If you want something for Christmas, like order now. And I'm like, I'll go out and send it all out tomorrow. And I was kind of thinking, well, if that's the case, if I want anything, I can tell you and you can just bring it to Cleveland. And luckily the thing that I wanted is very small. No, not Hornswoggle, but 
I wanted one of the major wrestling figure podcast cards. That's not the, the big sign ones that went around a couple months ago where they got all these people to do. It's like uh, there was these WCW cards that were like that. No, these, if you're a part of the AIW or the AIW, the major wrestling figure podcast, Patreon, uh, you're, if you're on the, at the highest tier, you get a free card every month. And it, it has some very, like, obviously it'll vary from month to month, but they also have variants within that month. And one of my favorites, the one that I didn't get is a drunk hornswoggle with, uh, some brown metallic on it because they have a joke with him that he has doo-doo and chocolate fingers. So it looks like, it almost looks like chocolate dripping on it and all this kind of stuff. Like a kid messed with the card. Unfortunately, I didn't get that that one sent to me. I got the regular one. That's just him drunk on a uh, hotel cart, but he had them for sale in his store. And that's all I was like, Hey, like, are you going to bring, you know, can I ask you to bring something and pay for it there? He's like, yeah, hit me up through the DMS and told him which one I wanted, brought it with him, paid for it. And because he, I got to do the interview with him. Like I wanted to like pay him back a little bit. So I, bought like some of his stuff. Like I bought that. Uh, I bought his book. I've already listened to the audiobook two years ago, but like now I have a f- physical copy in hand that he signed. Also got my two other swoggle major wrestling figure podcast cards signed. And I bought his little wrestling buddy that the major wrestling figure podcast put out. So that was like first on my list. Then I went over to Ethan page. Now I don't know how far back people have listened. Like, yeah, he was on the show at one point. And like thing that me and him loved, used to love talking about was like superhero movies and everything. And he actually, a few years ago, accused me of spoiling Infinity War for him. But he thought I did it on purpose because I figured Gamora was going to die. Like she was going to get sacrificed for this whole stone. Spoiler if you haven't seen it already. And it's, and I just went by the logic of, I know the soul stone you have to sacrifice somebody and like the very few lines Thanos had up to that point, he called Gamora, his favorite daughter. And I'm like right there. So soon as he sees me, as soon as I, I should say get to his table, cause he, he locks eyes with me uh, and all that kind of stuff. We joke around a little bit, but once I get to the table, he's like, don't spoil Spider-Man for me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm f- like just seen it the, the day before. Gave him my review. I mean, I said, I'm like, it's pretty good. He's like, what? Pretty good. Everybody's saying it's great. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not a huge Spider-Man fan. I'm like, it's still good. Like, I don't have that like hardcore uh, nostalgia for the character, but still like there's a lot of fun stuff. And I think the only, not even spoiler thing I said, one of my favorite villains through Spider-Man, like through the movies has been Doc Ock. And now I like Doc Ock even more in this movie. So we kind of left it at that. But the funny thing that I realized with Ethan Page recently was... I don't have an eight by 10 of him. I've been watching him for nine years. I've gone to his merch table and bought countless things. I never, I mean, never bought an eight by 10. So I made sure I did that. So I got the combo, got my picture with him. And then also I'm not a huge fan of them, but he did get figures made through the figure toy company. They're not great, but I wanted to support him. So bought one, got it signed. Uh, I, I had fun talking with him just briefly, uh, updated him a little bit about me. You told him I got married and everything. And like, we talked about that briefly and like, it's, it's cool as shit. We'll get to more on Ethan page, his match and all that stuff later. Cause I think that's 
very big. But also, if you didn't make this show and you still want to still want to meet Ethan Page, still Toy Hayo. He was just announced for that. Him and Danhausen, both Danhausen coming back. So if you want, you want to go check it out. I highly recommend it. Oh, we got to tell uh, everybody about our Christmas presents Ethan Page gave us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan Page must have been clearing out stock for all his website stuff. So for free, we got either a plastic cup, like one of those like plastic cups, plastic lid, and like reusable straw and everything. Or a you tumbler. got a, a tumbler. Is that not, is that a tumbler? Yeah, they consider those ones with the plastic straw and those resealable lid. Yeah, okay. tumbler. Okay, I was thinking like a different tumbler, but yeah. And then if it wasn't that, you got a shaker bottle. Mm-hmm. If anybody out there doesn't want their shaker bottle, let me know. <laughs> I would like to take it off their hands. The only shaker bottle I have, which I haven't used one in a while, but it was it was a WWE crate one with AJ Styles. And now like the stuff is like coming off the side and I'm like, uh, I can just kind of get rid of this one. So if you don't want yours, and it's, you know, it's just going to sit around. Let me know. Maybe I'll pay you a little bit for it. Maybe not. We can talk. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was all my experiences. I'll te- I will tease a little bit that I did have a conversation with Jocelyn and more to come on that when things actually happen, but potentially expect a Jocelyn Navarro shirt soon. Other than that, that was, I believe that was all my interactions, everything, meet and greets, all that kind of fun stuff. I guess if there's nothing else, we can, we can get into the show. Yeah, let's do it. So we start things off with the Rip City shooters coming out and saying that PME's not there. Uh, they're out in Chicago or somewhere with Cardona trying to get signed to Impact. So the solution they have for the night is that the winners of all the tag team matches on this show will advance to the main event and face them in a ladder match for the number one contendership for the AIW tag team titles. I believe I, Which, I believe I explained that. That's correct. And, and, and whether or not there was an audible called on that main event, um, you know, it, it was the best possible outcome we could ask for. So, you know, if you were still waiting on, on that ladder match, uh, uh, you know, it, it amped up the, it almost felt again, like a tournament. And as I, as I've said before, you know, anytime you get, you can do like, tournament style or, or eliminations, there's a lot more at stake. So it, it gave you more intrigue for the main event. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were disappointed to hear that, uh, uh, PME wasn't there, but, um, you know, it added to, to what was already felt like if you looked at the card, a very chaotic night and, uh, and things were, were constantly shifting. And so I think, uh, I think that was the best way to go. Any thoughts on a butters? Nope. I mean, there's not much you can do. Uh, stuff gets changed, you know, card subject to change. So, uh, yeah, that, that happens. So at least we're going to have some type of ladder match. The only disappointment I have about it all is the fact, at least in my opinion, there was kind of a loophole on the card about this that could have really changed the main event. But I'll get to that when we get to that point. I, I think there's a reason why they didn't go that direction. But Nonetheless, let's uh, get into the first match that we did get after that. Well, no way to start the show off than your alarm clock hitting is 9 to 5 versus bulking season. 
Were you, were you guys awake for this one? Yeah, I, I, uh, I love, first of all, I love bulking season. Um, I think they, I think they're, uh, I think they're really starting to catch, you know, catch that buzz. Um, and nine to five, when you start to watch nine to five now, you can really, Lewis Linden is, is a solid, really, really solid guy, solid worker. And, and Jack Vervel, right? Vervel. Uh, I don't know much about him. I never have, but I do know that they play their part the way they need to. The minute that alarm goes off, everybody gets so angry because I think I heard somebody on one side start yelling at them work from home. That was amazing. What a great line. Um, but yeah, the, the, the matchup itself was good style mixture because you could get more off the ground with Lewis. Um, and then you have Chuck who's becoming slowly like the monster of that team. And Arthur is like a real workhorse. So, um, it was, it, you know, it's a good way to start the night. Um, I thought that that nine to five gets a lot of heat. So yeah, I, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised with the, uh, with the pace of the match and, uh, and it didn't feel like it went too long and it, it was, it was definitely a fun match. I never thought of the work from home part. There's a lot of stuff that you can like yell at them or chant at them. <laughs> I, my favorite thing that I've always done is I always yell five more minutes when the alarm clock's hitting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there was there was a lot of ways to go. I thought that was the most clever one that I heard shouted that night. I thought there was another one I heard around us, but I don't remember what it was. But there's there's always so much good with that. Where, you know what I forgot to ask you? Where were you sitting? Were you on the stage? Or you were just below it? We were, yeah, we were just below it in the newly reopened section. Uh, okay. where Like in between the ring and the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a dumbass and took the aisle, the aisle seat. And as I'm taking pictures, I realize I'm getting a lot of ring post, which I've, you know, live tweeted enough of these shows to know referees will like to always hide in the corner post, especially like where we were facing hard cam. So like they do it so they're out of the picture. But for me, it's like, fuck, there were so many pictures and things that I just got ruined or just kind of like look like shit. Just fucking sucked. Well, I mean, as long as, it, you know, I, I know you like to take pictures and, and stay updated during the shows. But, you know, as long as it was on IWTV, at least, you know, there, there's a spot you could, you know, you could either screen cap or do things like that if you ever need to, you know, go back and reference it. Well, no, like it's taking pictures for like live tweeting. And that's actually something I've, I have thought of when it comes to when they're on IWTV, because like the history of doing live tweeting for a wrestling cheersing back when it was the Ohio Indy Report was back when there was no stream for the show. Like it was like you either went to the show or you didn't. And if you didn't, you were waiting for like some results to be posted online or the benefit of maybe somebody's going to be there live tweeting it. And I noticed early on that like AIW didn't really have anybody dedicated to that. So that's what I started doing. And I did. That's notice- where I started watching, by the way, Summers, when I when I first started going to shows and they weren't on fight or on there was no IWTV. I would watch Wrestling Cheers's Twitter to uh, to get my information. That is very much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, like back then, it, like it made a, a lot of sense. Even like we uh, back then we were doing to say back back then. But at one point, three, four years ago, we were doing Instagram stories like like little highlights that people can uh, watch. Yeah. And, I've, and I got received a lot of compliments from people who like couldn't go to shows whether and sometimes because we would get people out of the area. So now you have IWTV. You don't need Twitter. Like the Twitter stuff's cool. And even if you don't, like you're going to have people 
screen capping and gifting like stuff on from IWTV and you don't need me anymore. But one of the kind of benefits, like literally while I'm reading the show stuff, I'm reading just off my tweets. Like I, I can pull up cause I have it in another window. I have cage match, but I don't know. I like having, having my tweets in front of me, but I know like, like I said, it's just not as needed as it, as it used to be. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, I, I rely on it when when they're not on IWTV, which is still a good thing. But I think when they have when they're doing their live streams, you know, you don't have to get yourself, you know, too nervous if you're not in the right position, you know, especially when they're live streaming. Yeah. Butters, your thoughts on the match? Uh, this match was the perfect amount of time to leave the show, go all the way down to the parking lot by Margaritaville, uh, change your jacket and walk all the way back and get back inside before the next match starts. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? <laughs> That's not any disrespect to the four performers in the match. Uh, I just, I needed to go. So I figured I would just do it right then and there. So I didn't miss anything else on the show. I did go back and watch the match on IWTV yesterday. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Um, but I had some stuff I had to do. I took my, uh, stuff that I had purchased and I took that out to the car and, uh, switched on my jacket. Did you have to pay to park in that parking lot? Yeah. I was going to ask, did you have to pay to watch the IWTV guide, uh, IWTV yesterday for the, uh, to finish the match? Just my normal monthly fee. Oh, no free, no free stream yet, huh? You know, I don't pay. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I've still paid. <laughs> I, I say that because I ended up parking at the parking lot across from the, I mean, from behind the Odeon and their parking system wasn't working. The, to pay for it so i park for free nice granted again it's behind the odeon but still nice little nice little benefit there i did not go back to my car and everything that i mentioned i bought earlier i had with me and i ended up having to put in the second row because i was like at one point shit's gonna get crazy and i at least have the eight by ten there that's you know could get tore and everything and i thought well even the figure figure can get crushed but yeah I let everything stay. I only had one point where, which I think it was in Derek's match where they came right towards us and shit got fucked up with the chairs and everything and kind of messed with the stuff. But other than that, not a big issue. But even, like, I think when you left, I was like, maybe I should do the same thing to her. Or even, I think it was before the show. I was like, I could go back. I think it was like 15 minutes before the show was going to start. I was like, I could run back real quick. And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. I'll just stay right here. I put, I put all my tchotchkes on their own chair and then I stood <laughs> behind it the whole night. <laughs> I just looked at my, I took my coat, I covered up my, uh, my Ace Degenerates poster and all my stuff in the other bag and I covered it up and that was the chair that had all my tchotchkes and then I sat at the bar with my brother watching the show from back there so I could enjoy a cocktail while the show was going on. Josh is that guy that, or that, that old lady that goes to the store and, you know, buys just like a bunch of stuff and then takes the bus back home. That's right. That was my night. <laughs> just like a little old lady bus or subway whatever whatever it may be for the particular neighborhood yep i'm gonna have to get you a cart next time you come to cleveland i know i thought i was like i should have brought a book bag like i was saying that the whole like before i left the house you know on thursday night i was like oh bring a book bag because you know you're gonna get some stuff and i completely dismissed it i was like ah whatever and then i'm standing there asking margaritaville before we get in the show for a plastic bag so i can throw all my crap in it I have to carry it around dive bar. My God, I'm, I, all the coolness was just sucked right out of the room when I walked in. 
I thought the Odeon had a bag policy. They did at one point, but I will say ever since, well, ever since they came back this year, like it's not as, uh, it's not a, as big of an issue. Cause I know I used to have a bag that I would bring to every single show. It was like a old messenger bag that I had and I just covered it with a bunch of pins of random stuff that I like. And like, the, I think they have a, a bottle policy by the way. Oh, they do. But I've broken that so many yeah. times that here's the key. Spoiler alert. If you ever want to bring a bottle into the Odeon, just don't walk up with it in your hands. Keep it in your pocket the whole time or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be like, and you'll be fine. But I've, I've noticed that the bag policy has kind of gone by the wayside. Cause I even thought about like, I've brought stuff to the Odeon to get signed. And like, those are obviously in like plastic bags and like, those were fine. So I don't, I don't know if maybe it's because plastic bags and like I had a messenger bag and whether book bags are different and all that kind of stuff. But that's why I haven't brought a bag to a show in a long time, because I think I learned at Mount Carmel, Hey, you know, bring a bag because then like, if you get eight by tens or any merch, like you can put it in there and it's going to at least save it a little bit. But if you, you go to a bar afterwards, then, you know, I mean, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. I think the, this match was a, a great place to start. You have bulking season over this past year has been really on fire. Nine to five has, you know, made their presence felt, but they're not necessarily here every single month, but they're very much hated. Oh yeah. There's, there's something about, there's something about, you know, the gimmick itself that just lends itself to hate the, the working gimmick, the getting up and working in corporate stupid ties. And, uh, but I was yelling, I think I was in my head. I'm like, just ask him to put on dress shoes. Commit to the bit 100%. If you're going to come in the ring and, and work clothes, they should wrestle in wingtips as opposed to wrestling boots. That's the real commitment. Let's see you get that done. Oh, that hurts my feet just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but let's see it, fellas. Come on. You're miserable at work. You come right in from work. You're wearing your brown penny loafers. Now get in there and kick somebody's ass. That's what I'm talking about. Any other thoughts on this match? Nope. Nope. It was Bulking season that picked up the victory. I believe it was, was it Chuck pinning Lewis? Yeah, there was some, there was some, Lewis did take the pin. I know that. It was one of those things that I didn't get to tweet exactly how the pinfall happened, but I see in my picture, Lewis is in the ring and Chuck's kind of in the ring too, but not really. But I, I, that's what I I do believe it was. I think it was Chuck pinned Lewis. Uh, Well, Butters, you just watched it, rewatched it or watched it yesterday. Yesterday's gone, my friend. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. All right, let's uh, move on to the next match. Unannounced, Ethan Wright comes out, and, you know, he talks about how he still can't be, or he's still not on the card, and, you know, he's this, you know, he's trained by Harley Race, and blah, 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 and there's still no one that could beat him, because he just, he beat Dom, and there's nobody else left. Outcomes pretty boy smooth. Former AIW absolute champion as well as former AIW tag team champion. Now, now I like I I Ethan Wright has grown on me since Gopher broke. I like I like everything that he 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 looks. I like his I like his I love his entrance music a ton, and it just sets the tone for him. Um, and I thought it's terrible. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you you always say that. I don't know why. I enjoy it very much. I think it's it's got a good like feel to it. And you know that a, like you know if a heel's coming out to that music, 
Um, and we may not agree on it, Butters, but I, I really do. I like his whole his whole package, like in presentation. Um, and I thought this match was okay. I think the ending got messed up. Um, but uh, you know, PB is always going to be PB, and uh, you know, I, I I think he's a great. I think he's great at everything that he does. So he doesn't really need that win, but he does. One thing we should talk about is is he probably needs direction. Um, I don't know where they're going with him, but he's kind of becoming like a second or third match on the card and there's no consequences to really what's going on. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that would be a future conversation, but I thought the match was fine. The ending was a bit messed up. Um, and it got over, uh, what we needed to see at the end. I don't want to skip all the way to the end, Justin, but you know, when you get to it, we can, we can discuss where that went. Yeah. Ethan Wright showed more personality, uh, this month and he, uh, talk shit to the crowd and uh would stop what he was saying and actually uh you know jabber with the crowd so like he's making improvements to the character um i did mention that to him and he's like oh you know thanks and like told him i'd mention it on the show because it's true uh, i think that it's uh, he's slowly putting the pieces together there and uh i'm excited to see this uh feud continue so i don't know what people have been telling ethan right but here at Wrestling Cheers, we are big fans of Ethan Wright. We think he is a phenomenal talent. He is head and shoulders above the rest and one of the best damn wrestlers on the card. Now, if you're telling him otherwise, then you're wrong and you're lying and you need to fix that because we are huge fans of the guy. I mean, I wasn't in the beginning, but he, he got Shut me up. Now, so we are all big fans of Ethan Wright. That is the stance here on Wrestling Cheers. And if anybody is telling Ethan Wright differently, they are wrong and lying. Right, Jacob? You're right. That is correct. (laughs) Casey Carrington is a prick. So which we did not get Casey Carrington this this time around, which I have no idea why we did not see him, but but he's scared of me. That's why. He was running his mouth on Twitter. And he knew he's going to have to face me at the show and he didn't show up. He's scared of me. That had to be it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Dom was showing me some moves. So now, you know, he messes with me. I'm going to choke him out at, at ringside. I thought it was because Ethan Wright gave him the night off. That's the excuse. He was afraid of me. You know, that's the truth. Well, we, we didn't get him, but we did get uh, um, PB getting a beating. And then Dom came in and hit Ethan Wright really, really hard. <laughs> he... <laughs> He got, he hit him right. I mean, I don't know if you guys thought the same thing, but he hit Ethan Wright right in the mug. And uh, uh, that kind of set the tone for some other big shots over the evening, but that was a big one. Oh, Jay Gold, you, you jumped over a bunch of things. Oh, God damn it. Did I? Ethan Wright picked up the pinfall after hitting PB with a low blow. Oh, right, right, right. And that's something, that's something that's been a pattern for Ethan Wright lately. And then after the match, uh, Ethan Wright tries to hit smooth with a chair, but out comes Dominic Greeny for the save and runs Ethan Wright off. So there was still a little little bit of the, of the story there. I do agree that we are starting to see like more personality from Ethan Wright. And I think maybe it's because we're starting to get actual storyline. We got it and go for broke, but you know that was pre-recorded stuff. It, but now we're getting it live month after month. And... You know, it, he's going against people we love, especially Dominic Greening. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see 
that match when it happens, um, uh, how that is going to manifest itself. Because maybe I, I don't know why Carson wasn't there on Saturday night, but that that little trio they had going on, Ethan Wright and Carson and all those guys. Um, but um, I think uh, I, you know I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see something pretty pretty hard hitting when they finally do get in there and and Dom gets his uh, comeuppance, so to speak. Any other thoughts on the match, guys? Nope. How about you, Butters? Nope. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got members only Malcolm Cambridge and Calvin G. Lewis versus the motherfucking main event. Yeah. These, <laughs> I don't know. Every time I look at the main event, I mean, are you guys, these guys are monsters. They're, these, Duke Davis is the biggest dude I think that has walked through the doors at AIW. He's bigger than Bishop. He might be maybe an inch shorter than PB, but probably six inches wider. He is chiseled like a Greek god. And and Gannon Jones is, they are, I mean, they're both, they're huge. They look like ready-made to ready made TV superstars the second they walk out. I think they're. I think I just get a kick out of them every time they come out. I think members only are have a really nice future. But when they stepped in there, who boy, that looked like a before and after taking growth pills. Like they were the tiny little fellas in there, and and the main event were just men. My goodness! Like I give credit to all four of them though, because that they didn't work like they were wrestling guys who were like you know eight, nine inches shorter than them. They actually locked up. There were some good, you know, power moves. They sold really well for, for the guys over at members only. It was that the match was good. Um, but man, watching the main event, they are, they are stars. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think as far as, you know, why there haven't been signed, but Holy moly, they are ready. How are you better? Yeah, man, this match, like I, I was excited for it. And uh, there was a lot of uh, little fun stuff at the beginning with them, you know, like putting them up on the top rope and and that kind of stuff because they're so much shorter. Uh, but once things got going, it was it was real intense. It was real good. Yeah, there, there's just something about the main event. Uh, they're fucking stars and they're constantly grinding and all this kind of stuff. I love them. Also, I love members only, especially after fucking up their name. I've made it up to them. I, I bought a membership card. I bought a shirt. I even wore the shirt to this show to show support. Yeah, but there's just there's just something about the main event. And, you know, they're going to be signed sooner or later. There's no, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't. I can I understand. Mean, I can understand. Maybe yeah. it's not their time right right now, but eventually it will. It has to be. I mean, they're bigger than all the other tag teams in AIW. They're bigger than all the tag teams in AEW. And I don't even know how many tag teams in WWE would be the same size as them. I mean, they they look like uh, this, like Mark Callis when Mark Cal- when Undertaker was Mark Callis and, and Danny Spivey when they were like the, the the Twin Towers or whatever they were called. I mean, they're just gigantic. Their their gear is right on point. The, their their movements, everything they do is like right on point for the size they are for the athleticism. I mean, they're going places, but I think it's a really nice test for members only to see if they could do it. They kept up just fine. They did really well for I, what is it like the fifth match they've ever had on television. I mean, God bless them. They really they did their best out there, and 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 you know, 
sure, when they hugged him at the end, I think uh, I think Malcolm was like up to Duke Davis's waistline. But you know, they did their best and they and they worked their butt off out there. Any other ad butters? No. All right, it was Duke Davis pinning Malcolm Cambridge for the main event to advance to the main event. So so butters, it's kind of odd that I made that joke last week about the main event being in the main event. And they now they are they were in the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the best audible you could call. Look at the look at the three tag teams. Then after this match, who was going to be uh, in the main event? And to if you could say, but you know what? To, uh, besides, I would have said Bitcoin, but maybe Mikey isn't a hundred percent healed yet to go into something like that. But if you could have three teams going for that that number one contender spot, you cannot go wrong with the. Uh, uh, you know the 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 differences in 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 styles as bulking season uh, main event and then Rip City. So that I mean that set the fans off. Everybody was pretty excited uh, to know that that was going to be the uh, the main event. Yeah, I was pulling for main event uh, to win at that point because I felt like they deserved a tag title match since they beat the current champions. Uh, before they won the belts, so I felt like they were next in line anyway. So now they got their contract, so they will get a shot. So I'm happy about that. So I I just spoiled the whole main event because yeah, we'll yeah. clean it. We'll clean it up in post. <laughs> Mark it down. <sighs> okay, jiggled. <sighs> hey, it so, wasn't me this time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next match. We got Jocelyn Navarro versus Chase Oliver. And this was one of those matches that it was Jocelyn out here to prove that she belongs. Belongs in AIW uh, against a talent such as Chase Oliver and all that kind of stuff. Uh, your thoughts, Jiggled? I love Jocelyn. Love her. I like Chase a ton. So, and I don't know if I agree with you where Jocelyn needed to prove herself. I think she's actually, I think she's top tier right now as far as put her in the ring with anybody. I think she's going to be able to go. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, chase looks like a million bucks. He looks like a guy you can put on television. You can put, he also looks like a guy you could take seriously in any match he's in. So you could take him seriously. If he was in an intense match, if he was in an absolute match, you could take him seriously with his shape and the way he looks and the way he moves. And Jocelyn is starting to really she's getting that scrapper mentality she could really go out there and throw down with almost any one of these guys and i wouldn't worry about her in the ring i think that match with thunder rosa really solidified her and i think uh i think now it's it's just these are now she's just a sewn into the fabric of aiw so that when you see her in a match you're like yeah i think jocelyn has a really good chance of winning this match every time now and i think that's the, that's the that's the height you want to get to if you're somebody in her position where you can be taken seriously every time you come through the curtain. What were your thought, Butters? Yeah, this was like a coin flip for me, like when we were discussing it originally. Uh, I enjoy both of these two immensely, and they've both been on a streak lately. So this was, you know, uh, going head to head, seeing what was going to come out of it, uh, see, you know, some placement uh, going forward. Uh, everybody's scratching and clawing for you know, hopefully a title opportunity uh, when the champion decides to actually show up and defend his titles. Um, so I feel like this was definitely a, you know, not even a proving match, but like who's going to, you know, 
get to that next rung of the ladder to to get themselves a shot at the uh, a title and uh they went out there and and did everything they could and and it was excellent um unfortunately like people kind of turned on chase at one point uh unfortunately jocelyn lost um her hair so things happen uh that sucks that that happened um but she continued on and, and whoops some ass so i mean it didn't take away from anything uh, i thought it was just kind of funny that everybody booed him for that it wasn't like he purposely did it or anything but uh you know things happened in the ring and uh they recovered well and everything went you know good the rest of the match and i enjoyed it i mean i don't know what it means in that type of culture because i don't necessarily black culture whether you know uh, uh and being a woman of you know taking a wig off because to what it felt like in the middle of the match was almost like when you take off a Mexican wrestler's mask. So I don't know if, if removing of a wig means something to, to other people. It, it, well, you just, it you, you just don't want to feel her embarrassed. You know, you don't want to yeah. feel, you don't want to embarrass somebody. I think that's all it is. I think in the end, regardless of who it is, you don't want her to feel embarrassed or the other person to feel embarrassed. So, but you know, she, she's tough as nails. She mm-hmm. just, she just shook it off and went ahead and, and finished it off. So, you know, it, in the end, that that probably felt uncomfortable for some people, you know, it, it, to start. But she was a okay, like, and she and she's not. Jocelyn is 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 honestly, she's not a, a over, you know, like like uh, too proud to, to to be like, oh crap, and like scramble. She went ahead and got her business done, and and I like that. And and you know, we we re- I respect her even more for that. Earlier, Jay Gold, you uh, kind of like made a comment about what I said about, you know, this was a, a proving round match for Jocelyn. Like I know, I know the match against Thunder Rosa was huge, but I, I kind of think among like Jocelyn with other, with being in the card and everything, it's one of those things like proving to people like she can, she's belongs here. She can do it. Like a lot of us have, have the faith in her, but she's always going to be pushing it to the next level and proving that she does belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think, but I think there also has to come a time where you stop proving and you start being. So, you know, one day we're gonna, one day we're gonna look back at this and say, you know, she's gonna be in the middle of some really big match, and we're gonna be like, yeah, uh, you know, she just talking about her, like, hey, she's, jo- I have Jocelyn in this match because that other person needs to prove themselves. You know what I mean? Like, she's gonna yeah. get there when Jocelyn goes up against Shayna, gets the belt back. Sure. Sure, we'll, we'll just we'll 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 DM Shayna and see if she'll do that for everybody. I'll uh, I'll send her some beer and she can send the uh, belt back. That'll be a, like a fair trade. Fair trade. Any of your thoughts on this match? Nope. Nope. Jocelyn got the pin on Chase Oliver. Hell yeah, former girl. Love Jocelyn here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. Next up was Ethan Page. Versus Dylan Hornswoggle Postel. Uh, and before the match could officially get started, out comes the Duke and the Bitcoin boys. There's a lot of nice little uh, back and forth between all of them. Uh, get all that on IWTV. But uh, Swoggle basically challenged them to a six-man match and says he had somebody prepared on standby to be their third man. And a lot of people in the crowd thought a different john was coming out but no got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one john motherfucking the passion thorn 
I this is a spot that I want to go back and watch because I want to hear the pop because we all flipped our shit. It, it you know I did not know where they were going to go at first with that because you know first I thought Ethan and and Ethan Page and Swaggle were going to have a comedy match so I'm like okay they're gonna this is a way we're going to see this uh, you know maybe there'll be some chicanery in there or something then when Duke and the Bitcoin Boys came out I was like oh. Uh, I honestly, and this is just me being overly optimistic. I said, holy shit, they're going to get Gargano to come out, right? That was just me. That's all I thought. Doesn't mean I, I would. Even, we were even in the same ballpark. But Duke was running everybody down. He laid into Orange Flacity, our boy Jake at, at ringside, lit him up. Duke was on one. They were shouting at each other. Swaggle decided to say, you know, I have somebody for the occasion. I was not disappointed to see Mr. Thorne come out as opposed to Johnny Gargano. And uh, we were off to the races, and and I, I think people were – that music just gets people hyped. I mean, I know you guys, you Cleveland guys, you love it. You love seeing Thorne go out there, and uh, and that was that was really fun to be a part of and see him come out. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild. Like, I was, I was hoping, you know, like, I was really, like, honestly, in the moment, I didn't know who it was going to be. So when 99 Problems hit, I was like, okay. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Like, I was, like, screaming, uh, and then – the next thing I remember is like he backdropped somebody on the ramp and then he was in the ring and just like going crazy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, Mikey and Swoggle and Ethan Page were over in our little corner and like Swoggle got like both of his hands in Mikey's mouth and like was chopping him and just beating the shit out of him. Uh, it was wild. I mean, I mean, it's not your classic, uh, uh, you know, chain wrestling match, which I thought would have been absolutely hilarious if Swoggle and, and Ethan Page just had a chain wrestling match. Wouldn't that? I mean, sometimes you just got to love that. Like, but that was my also my thought for Fonzie and, and, and uh, uh, Ziggy later. But regardless, uh, you know, just an outright ridiculous like schmoz of, you know, Legos were in the ring and, and, and you know, Duke was in there taking punches from all three guys and Thorne is throwing flying elbow shoulder blocks and you know swaggles doing his both of those big the bitcoin boys bump better than i think anybody on the roster i mean mikey took one of those into the into the legos and then and then eric took one from ethan page into the legos and uh uh you know you, you had to know that at the end you were going to get you know they were going to get the win but it was a it was fun i mean it just made sense for that point Going into intermission, you know, for with what they were doing next, it, it was super fun. It was just something that like kept the mood light, and I think for the holiday season, that was that was a lot of fun. As much as I would have loved to have seen, you know, Ethan Page versus Hornswoggle one on one, uh, adding in Thorn going up against the Duke and the Bitcoin Boys and all the fun that you could have there, like this was this was well worth it. And of course, I mean, we, we don't get, yeah. we don't get those moments with Thorne coming out a lot, even like the last time he came out, he like, he was just coming out as, as John Thorne, not to wrestle. And everybody kind of got like out excited because we thought like it was uh, going to be something with him and Bishop. He's like, no, 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 that's, that's not what's going on right now. But we got this, this is fucking sweet. Definitely. And for his birthday and everything else, it was, uh, it, it was really good. As of uh, this recording. Uh, we're actually one of the last like half hour of uh, his birthday. So by the time you listen, this will be, it'll be days past. Or today is his birthday. It's John Thorne's birthday. That's what I said. We have a half hour left of oh. his birthday. 
Sorry, I completely spaced on the timing. I, I don't even remember what time it is. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Duke and the Bitcoin boys got the win. But it wasn't necessarily a great victory for them because uh, this one, was it was very hard to tweet out, but it was basically Swaggle and Ethan Page took out the Bitcoin boys. And then the only thing you have left is the Duke kind of like, he was kind of like, I think on the side in the corner or something. Uh, we did have Pedro bring out a birthday cake for John Thorne, and that went into the Duke's face, if I'm correct. But there was also a very uh, great speech from both Swaggle and Ethan Page. I think the one that was the best was Ethan Page, you know, taking a moment to like give back to us, t- saying like how before he got signed, he wanted to do, uh, you know, kind of like a farewell tour to the Indies, but luckily that he's in AEW, you know, he's allowed to come back and visit and, you know, he w- he will come back and he thanks both Thorne and Biggins for giving him that opportunity years ago and believing in him so much and how it kind of sucks that Biggins isn't here today to, you know, see Ethan Page on TV. And, you know, at, at that moment, Ethan Page, you could tell, was getting a little choked up. But I, to me, it was it was all of us. We all felt it. And, you know, there, there's a lot of moments that I kind of think within AIW or life in general where, like, damn, imagine if Biggins was around right now. Because, uh, like, what I said privately was not only would he have been, you know, excited to see Ethan Page on that show, but you know he would be one of the biggest... Uh, advocates for not only Toy Ohio, but like the Major Wrestling Figure podcast and their group, and he'd be buying and selling left and right. And he is thoroughly missed within this community. It, it, it's amazing. It's and that's just this is from an outsider. It's truly amazing, truly amazing to hear the impact that AIW and Chandler Biggins and John Thorne have had in the last fifteen years. I would say on the the wrestling world every every star that has gone through those doors never forgets where they came from and never forgets the relationship they had with somebody like biggins or somebody like thorne and it's i mean you can't say it's the same anywhere else these guys are not leaving gcw and they're going i gotta thank brett lord because fuck that dude but people are leaving aiw to go get a shot, let's say at AEW or go get a shot at NXT. And man, oh man, it's almost like they're like, I, I would, I'm so excited to go do this, but I really don't want to leave AIW. And I think that's a testament to those two guys, who they are. And it's a testament to you guys as the fans and the people of Ohio who have made it like this family atmosphere. And, and so when Ethan Page goes up there and he's in like in tears, you really feel it. It's, it's amazing. And it's not a lie. And it's and every guy who has come back to do these things has the same debt of gratitude owed to AIW as 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 the next guy, and that's 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 amazing. It's positively amazing. So that made a re- that was a really nice way that they ended the the first half of the show, and it was amazing to see how humble Ethan Page was. Um, I got a chance to spend some time with him at the after party, and he's just as humble in person there too. And I, it just made me want to root for him even more. And it just makes me, you know, oh, every day, never regret the fact that I ever started coming to those shows and seeing what that that company means to people. It's amazing. Just it really is. Anything to add, Butters? Nope. You're a man of many words. <laughs> Short, sweet, and to the point. That is right. 
After this, we went to intermission and we came back with this. Levi Everett versus Derek Dillinger versus Filthy Tom Lawler versus not Kaplan, but Isaiah Broner. Holy fuck. Uh, first thing that I do got to mention before we get into like the actual match, Filthy Tom Lawler coming out to Santa Claus is a fat bitch. I pop for it like within the first like two seconds of hearing the song. Huge pop. Uh, and this match got started very quickly after that point with Derek throwing a chair at Filthy Tom. Thoughts on the match? Jiggled. I mean, it. I think at one point I heard somebody in the crowd was like, this is like a New Japan match. Like they were hitting each other so fucking hard. Every t- and Broner built like a brick wall, taking shots from Derek, and then he at one point he hit Derek so hard, Derek was loopy. He slapped the Christ out of Derek's face at one part. It was so loud, and then he traded blows with Tom Lawler, which we can all explain our reactions to. But the sh- the forearm shiver that Broner hit Tom Lawler with, honestly, his I saw Tom Lawler's soul leave his body. He hit him so hard. The puff of sweat and human that came out of that that punch, that these guys put on a clinic as strong style. It wasn't reckless. It wasn't like oh, there was no one was bleeding. They just put on a clinic of strong style. Three out of the four guys are very strong style, but I really think Levi is can adapt to everything. He really gets in there. He can take a beating too. But that was some match. And Isaiah Broner, welcome to the big time, my friend, because. He absolutely deserves to be elevated to the next level as far as his career goes after that match. Tom Lawler is amazing, and Derek, in my view, is top you know top three in the company. So, uh, you know, all four guys, bravo, and it, it was really, really well done. Isaiah fucking Dr. Strange to that motherfucker. <laughs> he really did. Thoughts on the match, Butters? Uh, being in the seats that we were in, it was really great to to hear how vocal Derek was during the match, like yelling at people and talking shit while he was doing stuff. That was really fun. Uh, and then at certain points, he was like resting over in our corner. So we were talking strategy with him, uh, which was really funny. Um, this match was, you know, hard hitting, like like Jay Gold said, it was uh, very much had all kinds of different styles of stuff in it, like uh, Derek got speared to the outside and like ate the guardrail with the back of his head. And like, it was just wild, uh, just a wild fight. Uh, you got to see Isaiah, like go up against these three guys. You got to see some fun comedy stuff with Levi. Uh, this was just good stuff all the way around. I was, I, this was probably my match of the night. I really enjoyed this match. Talk about being vocal. I don't know how many times I heard Isaiah say, come on, bitch at, at, Different people throughout the match. I mean, they hit him all three. At one point, Lawler slapped him in the back and goes, come on, big fella. And he turned around and they started that exchange. And and Derek was throwing those. Th- one of Isaiah Broner's, I'm not kidding you, his clothesline hit Derek in like that shoulder neck area. Mm-hmm. And it stumbled Derek. Like, oh, to the yeah. point, like, do you remember? Like he, he went down like on his knee and he was just like, he wasn't even there. Like it was almost like he wasn't in the ring anymore. Mentally, he got hit so hard it like stunned him backwards, and they were just they they were two handing chopping each other. They were they were forearm blasting each other in that shoulder neck area. I mean, and I I thank God I saw Tom Lawler afterwards, so he was alive at the after party. But that shot was 
brutal. And that's gonna that was everywhere the next day, all over Twitter. And if you're Isaiah Broner, you've have arrived because everyone is talking about that that forearm. Everybody. Well, it's like I said on Twitter, it's another AIW show and another uh gift worthy performance from Isaiah Broner killing a man. So Right. I mean, like, yeah, when he hit Derek, uh, Derek stumbled and then like he hit that punch and Derek just like went down and rolled like in a circle. <laughs> just, yeah. I so mean, but, but let, let those guys go again. I would love a program, either Derek and Tom Lawler. I would love to see those two beat the crap out of each other in a best of three, like him and justice. I would love to see Lawler and Broner go at it in a best of, in, in a best of seven. Can you imagine those two just beating the piss out of each other for seven matches? Or Derek and and uh, Derek and Broner going at it. Those three guys, I could see. That's that's those three guys are all up there. No offense to Levi, I love Levi, I love him. But when I think of the division, that kind of division, I would put Lawler at the strong style. I would call it maybe an AIW strong style division. Broner, Lawler, Derek, you know the intense area, and then Levi could come in and out. I mean, I'm not I'm not disqualifying Levi because he's a tough son of he's so tough, and he got you know and, and he got himself where he needed to be. But those three guys, holy shit! I mean that that was some exchange, all of them. Yeah, this is a, a great way to come back from intermission too. Just all this absolute craziness. Any more thoughts on it? Well, you want to talk about the end, uh, uh, Levi's Levi's uh, uh, ultimatum. I was going to get to that point, make sure there was nothing else about the match itself that needed to be covered, and then we go. I go into the oh. finish. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, it was Levi pinning Derek for the win, and then after the match, Levi asked for the microphone, which is a first time in AIW. Uh, he said that he was coming for the Duke and the gold boot on January 13th. I didn't know the Amish could use microphones, so I'm glad that he uh, he got on and called out a match for himself, and uh, he can bring all of his Amish wares, his whoopie pies, and all the other stuff, um, and uh, and he could uh, his his you know his birdhouses, and he can go for that Haas boot. Uh, I was talking with him after the show, and we decided that if he wins the Haas boot. He's going to turn in the butter churner and he's going to start turning butter in the boot. <laughs> so that's my, uh, my gift to the world. If that happens, that would be amazing. He has to get a smaller churn though. That boot's not as big as that wood one. I think he could take the, the stick part out and put it in the boot. It'll be all right. <laughs> the guy's turning butter in a wrestling boot. We got to go see this fella. Yep. <laughs> Make AIW hoss again maybe they're maybe they're going for something here maybe they're they're really trying to uh to get to something at this point i mean maybe 2022 is the return to the hoss division like it's it's kind of you know been dormant and there's enough competition in aiw for the hoss boot and there's i like the sound of it there's enough talent to bring in for the hoss boot on top of it too like there are there's gonna be there can be so much fun stuff but i'm gonna wait for the day that the Duke loses it and we, we see the resurgence and see it. We'll see if that day's January 13th. All right, let's move on to the next one. Next up, we got Riley Rose versus Lee Johnson thoughts on this match. Butters. It's a pretty awkward match. Uh, it ended abruptly. Um, not the best showing for, for Riley. Uh, there was a really good drop kick by Lee Johnson uh, that looked nasty. Um, 
hopefully, you know, Riley can learn from this, come back and uh, do something else. How about you, Jay Gold? I, I, that's actually butters. That's exactly what I was that, that you, you couldn't have said it any better. It was an awkward match. Um, I don't know what I, I'm not, I have not seen enough of Lee Johnson to have an opinion on him either way. Cause I don't really, I, I, I don't get anything out of him as far as AEW goes. Um, I know he's what a nightmare, a nightmare factory student or whatever they call him. Um, but yeah, that wasn't Riley's best performance. Could have been, could have been better. Could have been crisper. Um, and I think, you know, I think, uh, uh, it just kind of, it was just kind of there that match. And I, and, and uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love, you know, I, I like to see Riley, Riley Rose after go for broke and such, but I, I, I think this was not the right, I guess this just wasn't the right night for him. So, you know, we, we, we take it, we move on, but, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, there it was, it was one of the more mediocre matches I've seen live at AEW. I mean, at AIW. Yeah. There's just something about the match that was a, a little off. Um, I think outside of what you guys said, I don't know. I don't know what necessarily add to it. Mm-hmm. So, so it was Lee pinning Riley Rose for the win. Let's see if cage match has a listing of how long this was. Oh, it does. Surprisingly, the match six minutes and four seconds. That was short. That's something for a guy who you, who they hyped up, you know, part of the reason why they were selling tickets was, uh, you know, Lee Johnson from AEW. So, you know, to give him six minutes, uh, in that kind of style, uh, is, is, yeah, it was just, maybe it just wasn't the chemistry wasn't there from the beginning. Surprisingly enough. I mean, well, I would say not surprisingly. It, it was the low, the shortest match on the card, but there, there were a couple that were right around that same time. Uh, main event versus members only was six minutes, six seconds. Ethan Wright versus pretty boy smooth was six minute, 48 seconds. And Jocelyn versus chase was seven minutes, one second. But you know what? They felt different. There, there yeah. was a chemistry to them and such. There was just, this one just did not, it just did, did not have any, there was no chemistry in this match on paper. It looked right on paper. I would have told you that these guys were going to have a, you know, a really good, you know, type of match, but. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out like that, I think. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you have an awkward pairing. Things happen. Uh, unfortunately, this was one of those times. And, and it also could be a great pairing, just bad day. I've you know, I've heard that story many times, especially the one that comes to my mind. Uh, first was CM Punk versus John Morrison. I remember they had, I don't remember which one it was. They had one stinker. And, you know, that it's. I think that one is what, lived in punk's mind even though they had a bunch before and after that that were on a higher level but you just have days where it's for one reason or another it's just not there so you know whatever it is you know hopefully this is not something we would see more of from either of them uh yeah i I doubt i doubt it it was just a bad night i think all right let's uh move on to the next one here we go ziggy heim versus bill alfonso and the only rule is Derek Dillinger and Matt Justice are banned from ringside. Uh, fun fact, Derek was at was ringside-ish. He was kind of in the corner by us, but not like ring ringside, not within the barricade. So he, mm-hmm. he, he did do his part on that one, but just know he was getting a good view of the match still. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Butters? 
So, you know, everybody had their expectations going in of Fonzie versus Beulah and this either topping it or being just as good. Um, I think this pairing was sort of awkward, but I think that they did their best with what they could do. Uh, Obviously, Fonzie is much older than he was when he faced Beulah. Um, Times are much different. Uh, You know, he still uh, got busted open. They still did some different stuff. Overall, I enjoyed what this match was for what it needed to be. And, uh, yeah, I, I was happy with, with the result. How about you, Jiggle? Yeah, I, I, this match was exactly, exactly what I, um, what I wanted it to be. Um, uh, Fonzie's what, in his 60s at this point? Like, that's exactly what I thought was going. He was awkward in the Beulah match. It's not like he was, it's not like he was putting on, you know, a Dean Malenko five-star match against Beulah. He was awkward. He's he's lanky and he's and he's un, you know he's Fonzie's kind of all over the place and Ziggy is awkward and she can do some she does crazy things and they were I mean she hit him in the beginning with that uh, uh, cookie sheet and it cut open his eye in a weird spot and he was bleeding into his eye most of the match trying to get it out of his eye and she you know they were slapping the crap out of each other like at one point he like rips open her shirt and like slaps her in the chest like two or three times and she like punched him in the face and then like dvd'd him through the the door on the side like they it it was exactly the glorious mess that this match should be there was nothing else that we could have expected again if they would have chain wrestled i think you would have heard me screaming like a little schoolgirl on the side because it would have been hilarious but it's exactly what we wanted, and that's how that feud needs to continue on with just more blood, more violence, more intensity. I think you just you, you just let those two kind of beat each other up. It was good. Belafonso is 64 years old. My God. Indestructible Bill Alfonso. And he was 40 or around 40 at the time of just past 40 when he had his match against Bueller. I mean, it makes sense. He's, he's not a young guy, but, uh, you know, you got to give him credit. He... Got up and what made himself made his way out afterwards. Very impressive. It was Ziggy pinning Bill Alfonso for the win. So is is this feud over? Absolutely not. Nope. Curious. We gotta have the we gotta have the final showdown between Derek and Justice. Something crazy. I don't yeah. know when that's gonna happen, but you know, fans bring the weapons. Something. Yep. It's got to be something outrageous. All right. Let's move on to the main event. So all the teams from earlier in the night, bulking season versus the main event versus the Rip City Shooters, Joshua Bishop and Wes Barkley in a ladder match for the number one contenders to the AIW tag team titles. Now, I mentioned earlier there was kind of like a loophole I was kind of surprised that didn't get used, but I understand why it didn't. Imagine if Bitcoin boys were like, we were on the card, we were in a tag team match and we won. Now, granted, they were in a six-man, and I think that is probably why it wasn't. But I don't know. I, adding them to it, be like, well, we want we want our match. Let's let's add us to it. But yeah, I ju- I just don't think that that was in the in the cards for them yet. I just that's just the way they were. I'm talking along the lines of a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of like that works for them, like them them trying to like scheme that number one contendership. I mean, we'll see where we go with them because they, I know they want. Uh, Tag title shots, too. They'll get theirs. Duke will get them somewhat. They'll get there somehow. What were your thoughts on this match, Jay Golden? Um, I I liked it. Uh, I wasn't 
blown away by by it. I think uh, the intensity of it was really good. Um, I think uh, you know there there was some potential for it to be really really dangerous because it's a very small area around ringside. So like doing anything where guys are falling out of the ring is very difficult. Um, but it was uh, it was. It, you know, it felt like a really big match and it felt like a very big moment to be a part of. So that was very cool. Um, I, I enjoyed the outcome. And I there was a couple of weird, awkward moments in the match. The time when Bishop's on the ladder and Philly comes out with a mask. Um, he was up there for a little longer than I thought he probably wanted to be. Um, and then Philly came out and pushed him off the ladder and Josh went to the floor. Um that was a weird, I don't know if you guys felt it. It was an awkward spot. It like seemed to have lasted a little too long where Bishop was trying to grab the, uh, the, uh, contract. Um, but otherwise, you know, it felt big. It felt like a big match. I don't know if it was a five star, but it was, you know, it was good. It got over the guys that needed to get over. And, uh, I think everybody went home happy at the end of it. Any thoughts on a butters? Uh, this was probably my third ladder match I've ever seen live. Um, this one probably being the only triple threat. I'm pretty sure yeah, the other two were just tag team. Um, pretty wild to see live. Uh, lots of interesting spots. Um, I was happy with uh, who won. And uh, overall, I'm curious to see where everybody goes from there. So it was already mentioned that uh, Philly came out and did kind of cost the match for Rip City. Obviously, just kind of like took them out of the, the picture for the ending and uh, it ended up being main event capturing that number one contenders for the AIW tag team titles. And it's something that a lot of us have been waiting for since kind of early on with these dudes. And uh, I'm happy to, to see it happen. Happy to see these guys do what they do. Yeah, I think it's, I think it really is. Um, I think it's exactly the, the logical, victors should they want to move bishop back into the title the the world title thing and they don't want they don't want one group or one guy having every single belt i think that was that got them to that got them through the pandemic the last like you know 10 months that worked um but i think they need to kind of get rip city or bishop back into the world title and the and the intense title search so you got to get some new blood in in there to start challenging i think and, and that's the right answer anything to add butters no i mean the main event uh in my opinion i've been ready to go after the tag titles since uh the akron show and um this puts them now rightfully where they need to be so going into 2022 uh they're going to get their title match and uh lots of things to look forward to going in um especially with the rip city uh, uh, broski feud. All right. That's uh pretty much a show. Any final thoughts on the show? Jay gold. Oh, it's just, I, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really fun, um, holiday, um, show. And I think that there were some, obviously some changes had to be made across the board for this card. Um, you know, regardless of whose status is who, but I, I thought they did their best. I thought the thorn birthday party thing was fun. Um, I thought the, um, I thought Isaiah Broner becoming a star is a great moment. And, you know, Derek and Lawler really continuing on with just th those guys are just so solid, man. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's I think it was a fun show and it was a fun night. And I was glad to be around everybody and see it in person. How about you, Butters? 
that was a nice way to close out 2021 and uh, gave us lots to look forward to for 2020, uh, 2022, I should say. Yeah, there's something I always say about Hell on Earth and the December show, uh, especially when it falls closer to Christmas. Obviously, this wasn't one of those that fell, fell closer to Christmas. And I say fall closer to Christmas. I mean, like 23rd, 22nd or like 26th, 27th. Like those have a very special vibe to it. But the still end of the year. Uh, we're closing out this year for AIW and there's a lot that we're trying to build towards and, or AIW is trying to build towards, and we're going to try to go back to a normal schedule next year. Hopefully that all pans out. And we got like, especially here on the show, um, we, we have, uh, we're going to do our end of the year stuff here, here in a few weeks. If you go to our Twitter, I have put out a tweet and we'll be ending uh sunday night early monday morning uh basically right now it's nominations for particular categories because normally uh we do this like just on the show and there's not necessarily official winners it's hey i said this charlie said this pam said this stacy said that whoever is particularly on the, the episode this year it's going to be opened up and i will actually have record of everybody who's voted and I will be able to pull that during the show. And I could tell you like off the list of who people actually voted for. Cause that will be the next step next week. After all the nominations are done, I'm going to narrow the list down to see what, like what came up the most or what uh, probably deserves to be in that spot. But it's, uh, if there's enough options, like it's going to be like, what well, got the most votes like top four or five and then we'll announce the winners on the year-end show that still hasn't been booked and i think what i'm going to do too there's going to be a separate one where people will be able to give predictions of certain things that'll happen in aiw things that we also do for the year-end show but now instead of me having to go back and re-listen to what everybody said on the show i'm going to be able to just pull a google document and it's going to tell me exactly what everybody said so be on the lookout for that um that kind of ends it for the year for AIW shows. Uh, any final thoughts, last minute plugs before we go? Jay Gold. Nope. Just my Twitter, Jay Gold 12. How about you, Butters? Oh, and, and oh. sorry if I could, real quick, since this is probably the last show I'll be on for the year with you guys. It's been a pleasure. Hope everyone has a great Christmas and, uh, and a great New Year's. And, uh, and I look forward to more wrestling in, uh, in 2022. Okay. How about you, Butters? I could follow me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. Um, uh, my podcast IWTV guide is, is intermittent right now. We just did an episode last week with Derek Dillinger and Jay gold. And, uh, you can check that out if you haven't already. And, uh, next year we're going to be making some changes. So that's going to be fun. Uh, get back to a more regular schedule then. And I'm also working on a, uh, fun collab with the production. Uh, I can't say anything else right now, but uh, be on the lookout for that on my Twitter and my uh, the IWTV Guide podcast uh, Twitter as well. And of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at what a maneuver. Net. Like I said earlier in this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast. 
whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, restandcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Game Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jutsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, If You Catch My Grift, Add Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, This Ends at Prom and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Good Company, Heart of Gold, Toy Hiya Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and be sure to use the 10% off code when you order of Cheers so you can save yourself a little money. Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Especially when it's come on, bitch. Later. It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Praying in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, good night The world, good night We love you, we'll see you next week